Hello and welcome to the Outpost podcast. We're having a look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians in a series called Sit, Walk, Stand. We hope that you find it helpful. Last week, I ran my best ever half marathon and I gave it all that I have. I was absolutely spent and I recall getting towards the end and fantasizing about sitting down. Actually, it probably was about lying down. There is this thing for us when we are upright, we bear our own weight. Whereas when we are seated, we entrust it to something outside of ourselves. We are relieved of the burden. How nice is it to sit down? After a long day's work, it is so refreshing to take the weight off and just rest. I think of that old VB ad after a hard day's work. Something like that. Anyhow, there is this cultural norm that says work first and then rest. Only when it's finished do we rest. I remember working with my dad in my uncle's vineyard here in McLaren Vale and things were quite different to school. We didn't have breaks at a set time. We had to finish it until we got, before we got a break. Um, In fact, we were pretty lucky to take a break, often eating our sandwiches Uh, just as best we could around what we were doing. But what if rest doesn't need to be earned? Not by us, at least. What if this concept of working hard before resting is actually detrimental in some truly significant ways? The Christian life works on a very different principle. We are designed to start with sitting, with rest. You see, starting with doing causes causes all sorts of issues. Let me explain. If we read the account of creation, we see something remarkable. God works six days before the day of rest, but what of us? Where do we feature in this timeline? We, humankind, were created on day six. Thus, our first full day was day seven, the Sabbath, a day of rest. This introduces a really important principle. Because God worked, we can rest. He had finished creating everything, so we entered into the same rest that he, the one who did the work, had earned. As with creation, so with salvation. Jesus cried out the famous words, it is finished, when he was on the cross. His work enables our rest. This has been a massive revelation for me. This concept that rest doesn't need to be earned, not by us at least. God is the worker. God is the giver. We see this illustrated in the parable of the prodigal son. The father delights in seeing the son as he knows in him he has an applicant for his generosity. You might be familiar with this story of the prodigal son. This son wants his inheritance while his dad is still alive. That's about as rude as it gets. I wish you were dead. Just give me what I will get when you are dead now. He demands this, but then he wastes it. And he returns humbly a broken man with nothing. But then something shocking. The father, the one who's been betrayed in this whole scenario, 
He's the one who runs to receive his wayward son as he's returning home. And then he lavishes him with gifts. The father seems to be saying, aha, here's someone who knows how to receive. I get to give him more. God is so wealthy, he delights to give. God is such a good doer, he delights to do the work. Just receive. He is looking for an applicant. This is a concept that has been massive for me. My job is to be an applicant. He wants to apply all these things to me. He wants me to start where he has left off. One of the most beautiful things about good cooks is that they often prefer serving up their food to others rather than eating it themselves. Not because the food's bad, but they just delight to see other people enjoy what they have made. How frustrating to have made the best cookies or the best lasagna and have no one to enjoy it. How much more for God who has prepared something even better than lasagna and he wants us to receive. Over these next few weeks, we're looking at the letter to the Ephesians. Verse 3 of the first chapter tells us that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. That's a lot of blessing right there. As we read the first three chapters, it's hard to find anything that we are told to do. It's all about what he has done for us. Our first job is simply to receive I would argue that our most important job is to receive because there is no alternative. There is no other way to be in Christ. We must receive. This idea of sitting is taken to a different level as we get to the end of chapter 1. It says in verse 20, He, being the Father, Exercise this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church. This reality that God the Father raised the Son, not only raising him back to life, but seating him at his right hand in the heavens. And to give us more understanding of what it means to be at the right hand of the Father in the heavens. We have this continued description that it's far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion and every title given. So this place that Jesus has is so significant that nothing else can touch him. Nothing else comes close to him, except, of course, the Father, who he's right next to. But there is no authority, nothing that can actually bring him down, nothing that's greater than him. He is above it all. But as we read other scriptures, like in the start of Hebrews, where it says, after he had... Um, made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. So we see that it's the Father's work that brings Christ to his right hand, but it's also Jesus' work himself, what he has done. He provides salvation to us. 
And because he was obedient, we read about it in Philippians chapter 2 as well, because of the humility of Christ in becoming nothing, becoming a human and being obedient even to the point of death, it says, because of these things, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. So we have Jesus and his exaltation that happens because of his obedience. I've been reflecting recently about the temptations that Jesus uh, was confronted with to take a shortcut. Like when he was on the cross and, and people say, come down from the cross and then we'll believe you. And he doesn't do it. He goes through what appears like utter defeat and he dies. And then what happens is so much greater than that momentary glory of coming down from the cross and impressing everyone around him. But my main point here is that it's the father who raises the son and gives him this place of prominence because of what the son has done, because of his finished work. And on Sunday, we did this role play of the throne in heaven as it's uh, as the picture is painted in Revelation chapter 4. And you have these four living creatures that are magnificent and they are all bowing down and declaring the glory of the one who is seated on the throne. So the throne is central. The four living creatures are around the throne and then 24 elders are around them and they're all facing toward the throne and they get down on their face they put their crowns, they cast their crowns down and they get down on their face and they declare the glory of God. It's amazing. But it is an earned right for God the Father to be worshipped forever. It's an earned right for God the Father to be seated in this place of incredible authority and even in rest. See, God rests and the son is given this position of authority and rest again because of what he has earned. But then we read something that is in stark contrast to that, but is also incredibly similar to that. It's incredibly similar because as we read chapter 2, verse 6, it says, He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. So God made Jesus to sit at his right hand in the heavens and he made us to sit with him in the heavens as well. So that's a similarity. The difference is we didn't earn it. It didn't start with what we did. It didn't start with us working to achieve this amazing position. It started with him declaring it is finished. It started with his work. Because of his work, we can rest. Because of his work, we are seated in the heavens. We can't earn it. There is no hope we could ever possibly achieve this. In fact, as we read this passage, Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 9, no, verse 8, sorry, it says, This is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. It's God's gift to us. We are simply to receive it. Simply to receive it. It's amazing. 
Christ is seated in the heavens because of his merit. We are seated there because of his grace. As you probably worked out, I'm not suggesting that everyone quit their jobs and refuse to do housework. But this mentality of needing to earn things, needing to be the one who gives, who does, is actually really unhelpful in our Christian walk. It is all about the giver, the doer. Our job is to receive. So it starts with us sitting, sitting and receiving. This feels in many ways so simple, so basic, yet I've missed it. I think I often miss the simple things. I think to my impression of water, and I remember as an adult at Litchfield National Park up in the Northern Territory, I remember playing around with water and going, I have never seen that before. Oh my goodness. It's like that Robin Williams movie, Flubber. The way that the droplets of water would interact as I just splash them into the air and I'm mesmerized by this thing that I've, I've seen so many times. I've seen water. Yeah, I know what water can do, but I didn't realize the way that it interacts with, each, with itself and sort of pulls apart and comes together and, and does these cool things. And I'm like, wow, water, who knew? And in a similar way, I remember diving into the water I remembered going down deep and just letting all the water, all the air out of my lungs, sinking to the bottom, and just how relaxing that was. I'm sure concerning, perhaps for people watching, uh, but for me, just to be completely held up by the water, I was weightless. It was so quiet down there, and I think in a, in a similar way. You know, we can miss the beauty of Christ. We can miss just how amazing he is. And like I, you know, was flicking that water up to just take the time to stop and look at Jesus, to see him clearly, not to just bring to recollection the things that we've heard about him before or seen before, but to to read the Gospels, to read throughout the entire scriptures are what reveals who Jesus is. And as we see him clearly, let us not neglect to go that next step of entrusting all of ourselves to him. That's this concept of sitting, where we are entrusting the weight of ourselves to something outside of ourselves. And his name is Jesus. We entrust our soul to him. We entrust our very life, everything to him. We are not trying to just figure it out on our own. We're not trying to earn something. We are receiving. And we do that by sinking down, abandoning ourselves, giving in, releasing. To sit, to fully entrust ourselves to him, the trustworthy one. His name is Jesus. A simple thing that I've done, I shared on Sunday that uh, about six months ago, I really hit a wall and I was struggling with lots of things and I was finding it really hard to switch off. I was finding it really hard to rest and there was this mentality of I need to finish, I need to be successful in order to rest and it wasn't working for me. It really wasn't. And a couple of simple things that I've done, like I read a book called Sit, Walk, Stand, and, and that's the impetus to this series. 
Um, and so we're looking at what it means to sit today um, and then to walk next week and to, to stand the week after that. And then we're going to do a discipleship group that's focused on that and we'll go into it in more depth. Uh, but this quite small book by Watchman Nee was really helpful for me um, and I'm sure it will continue to be helpful. Even this process of digging in in order to, to teach on it is helpful for me. And, you know, for me in my different roles, uh, for me as a dad, for me as a primary school teacher, for me as a pastor, I never felt like I could switch off because I never felt like I was finished in what I was doing. There's always more that could be done. And it's a trap that we can all fall into in different areas. Um, and so I now start my week with rest. I start, and Monday is my day off, and, and Monday is a day where I, I don't use my phone. Monday is a day where I start just by reminding myself it's not about me. <laughs> it's not about me getting stuff done. It's about me stopping and receiving. It's a Sabbath day for me um, where I spend time in a very intentional way with the Lord and uh, with my family. And I am not a, trying to tick off things from my to-do list. I'm simply being with Him. Um, and that's been a, a steady thing on, on my Mondays. Um, and... Uh, each weekday, this is an area that I haven't been doing as well um, as the, the Monday, um, but for every other day, uh, to start the day in rest with Him. Wake up and spend time with Him very intentionally and start not trying to earn stuff, not trying to tick off things, not getting sucked into my phone, but starting with Him. It's amazing the difference of starting the day with rest starting the day with sitting. We sit, we rest, and it's from that place that we are ready to contribute. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are right here, right now, by your Spirit. You are with us. You are inviting us into a greater understanding of who you are and what you've done and what that means for us. You are the one who is able to bear the weight of our lives. You are the one who is able to bring refreshment and fulfillment to us, to our souls, to our souls, to our very selves. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we would get better at sitting. We would get better at receiving what you have done, knowing that we can't add anything to it, that it's not us earning your favour, not us earning anything from you. We simply receive from the table that you have prepared before us. Hallelujah and amen. God bless you guys. See ya.